Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch your full shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Bachelor. Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question, feminism? I'm not, I don't, I don't, know I don't think that, yeah, I don't I think that exists. Uh, what's that? Mm. Uh, sounds bad. Mm. Mm. My name is Max Quinn, shaving in an awful red mustache. This is my friend Xavier Rebetsky Noonan. Hi, Xavier. Did you say shaving it in? Yeah. What? I don't, I don't get that. Oh, I'm that guy. Yeah, you're that I'm guy. I'm the, like, brother? Yeah. Of one of the... Oh, Bex God. brother. Bex brother. Yeah, that was a choice. That's a real sartorial. <laughs> I guess you don't really wear a mustache, but Do it's you? like I think some people wear a mustache, and mm. then I think in this case the mustache was wearing him. Definitely, mm. definitely agree. And... Hi, I'm XRN. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Zavers. And making his first appearance here on the Boh Pod, he is a writer, author, and the entertainment editor of Junkie Australia. If you're listening. To this pod, we can all but assume you have read his batchy post-mortems. Please make very welcome the Dean of Required Reading, the non-parail of heterosexual nonsense, the recap and captain, and the shortlisted short story and Don Quixote of the dot-com, Patrick Lenton is here. Wow, hello! Hi! <laughs> that was an amazing intro. <laughs> wow! And Patrick, I wanted to start by just saying a big uh, congratulations to you. I know this has been... A big week in the Lenten household um, with your close personal friend, Catherine O'Hara, picking up a couple of Emmy Awards, the Emmy for Lead Actress in a Comedy Series for her portrayal of Moira Rose in Mm. Schitt's Creek. Yes. Just up the top, I want to make sure that you had the opportunity to thank the Academy. Oh, look, I (laughs) thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. (laughs) And I guess what I want to say is... No man is an island. Mm. Uh, mm. Some men are archipelagos, <laughs> but I'm neither. I'm more like a small interconnected series of oceanic bodies, and I want to thank everybody. <laughs> uh, look, it is, it's really hard not to draw the parallels between um, your fascination with this um, wonderful woman of such a positively bedeviled vocabulary, uh, and then also your dual fascination with this man called The Bachelor, Mm. um, who speaks about the women he's dating as if they are slabs of seared salmon and about the great outdoors as if he's fucking Joan Didion. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is it about this man that has... Um, that has captivated you so this season? Well, actually, literally nothing about Lucky. <laughs> He's, he is the most boring man I've ever not met in my life. Um, Jesus Christ. I I actually kept forgetting about him. Yeah. You know, I'd get to the end of an episode and I'd be recapping and I'd be thinking, you know, writing about all the things that the girls have done. And then, like, right down the bottom, I'd be like, 
Lackey? Who's... L- oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's sort of the, like, moving wallpaper of this season. He's Truly. Absolutely. Yeah. Genetic, but very uh, obscured. He's know. the hat rack upon which all the women hang. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We have so much to cover this episode, <sighs> including Izzy's two mums and their mission to sperm Jack the Bachelor, Bella's stepdad, and the question of whether or not an independent and grown woman mm, should be allowed to make her own choices in the year 2020. <laughs> and... Probably not. <laughs> what happens when you tell two women that you love them on national TV and then make one of them go bye-bye? But first, Patrick, I don't know how we can find you on the internet. How can we follow you? How can we read your writing? Mm. Um, you can read my writing, including my Bachelor recaps, uh, which I do with the amazing Beck Shaw. Former um, podcast guest. Former podcast guest. I queen love, of my heart. I love <laughs> to complete a set. Yeah. As just like, as a Virgo and as a as a collector of... Trash people. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Feels good. We're ticking a box today. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's a set bonus now. <laughs> um, yeah, you can read. Uh, you can read our podcast. Uh, podcast. You can read our articles on junkie.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably the best way to follow me is on Twitter. Uh, the, my handle is my name, Patrick London. It's really easy, like Fabulous. that. Yeah, I'm on there too too much. I have the brain worms. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know the feeling. Mm. And what about Uncle Hercules? That's my book. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my book of like uh, short comedic essays. Um, you can buy that. Fabulous. Yeah. At all good bookstores. Maybe the opportunity exists. Um, for you to become like the um, symbolic uncle of, of this here podcast. Mm. Do you like oh, that? I like that. Like, like you know, cool guy comes in no responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> you know how the uncle's always kind of fun like that, a bit fresh. Yeah, yeah, but not creepy. Not I creepy. I don't want to be yeah, the creepy yeah. uncle. Have you ever stolen someone's nose? <laughs> Look, if I have, I always give it back. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's a guarantee. <laughs> he is uh, Patrick Lenton, the BOH Pods, uh, Funky Unky Junkie. <laughs> oh, no. It's Junkie with two E's, right? You should clarify. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. yeah it um, doesn't translate well into audio, does it? <laughs> and it is now time for us to recap The Bachelor, Australia, Season 8, Episode. Do we get to 13? 13? That's right, yeah. 13. Yes. Mm. So it's hometowns, except it's not hometowns. Mm. Uh, it's just a visit from family and friends, except for Arena, it's not a visit from family <laughs> and friends, unfortunately. Uh, we'll get to it. Um, Lockie takes a swig of an orange juice that you should buy, uh, and Izzy goes first. Um, Lockie arrives at wherever Izzy's staying. I don't know. Uh, and Izzy goes, oh, hi, I didn't see you come in. Welcome to me, casually doing some yoga on my own. Join me and we can casually do some yoga together. You should take your shirt off. (laughs) He does. And within seconds, she spots something interesting on his torso. No, it's not one of his many horrible tattoos. (laughs) It is Lockie's third nipple. He insists, I'm special. Third nipples, guys. I feel Mm. like this is an interesting icebreaker, but how do we feel? I mean, neutral. Okay. Yeah. 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 I agree. I'm. I'm not. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm partial to the old trip nip, but <laughs> I'm going to sit here and say that if you got one, if you got it flaunted, 
I think it's an important moment for visibility. <laughs> I think like, I did a little bit of research to just to see like who else out there is mm. in this set because Lockie's like I'm special. There's no one like you know. Oh, like, well, no. Um, which we all know from the rest of his personality can't possibly <laughs> hold up. But um, yeah. So did you know that the following celebrities have a third nipple? Actor Mark Wahlberg, oh. musician Lily Allen, and children's entertainer Triple Nipple George. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is made up and I won't tell you which one. <laughs> um, Izzy hopes that Lockie isn't looking for someone else with three nipples because she only has two. That was such a weird, unintuitive <laughs> leap of logic. Yeah. Like, 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 do, does she think that the main form of attraction between people is that two people, two nipple people only want other two nipple people? Right. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, to be fair, we did learn in this episode that she was raised in a cult but it was mm. never specified which type of cult. Mm. And like, maybe, maybe what we're seeing here is a little bit of, um, you know, she grew up in the double nipple society and that's, maybe that was one of their core values. Yeah. That's true. Maybe. I, I believe that, uh, three nipples was a sign of being a witch and you know, the old <laughs> times when pretty much anything was a sign of being a witch. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, but I did always get that vibe from Mark Wall. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, she's made the crucial mistake of thinking that Lockie wants somebody with three nipples when in actuality, he's looking to end up with somebody with as many nipples as possible. <laughs> Um, we also learned that Lockie can't touch his toes. Wow, he's just like us. <laughs> he's just like us. Um, so Izzy says her parents are separated and Lockie won't be meeting her dad, but she says, you will be meeting my second mum. And all of us like scooch up to the edge of our seat and we're like, interesting, tell us more about this. And then she very quickly clarifies who's a really close family friend. So we all kind of just like slump back a little bit. But also is that just what she believes? Right. You know, like... Yeah. She hasn't been told. I think that she has not been told. I kind of love family that. secrets are there like that though? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that there are definitely those in my family where I'm like, oh no, that's just Uncle Robert. But Uncle Robert and Uncle Bert have been together for like 20 years. Absolutely. Uncle Ernie and Uncle Bert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Uncle Ernie and Uncle Rubber Ducky have been together yeah. for a really long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just like having baths together. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I am awfully fond of you. Um, she grew up in a multiple occupancy, which is not quite a commune. But since Lockie says that it sounds like it is a commune, it is henceforth referred to as a commune. Mm. As Lockie says, so goes the nation. <laughs> <laughs> also, one of those things is like, you know, that sounds exactly what people who live in a commune say. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, actually... You know, the local government, like strata laws, have classified this as uh, just a, you know, it's a cohabitational space. It's not, you know. Yeah. Um, the mums are a bit skeptical about Lockie. They ask him to list five of his core values, to which he says drive, compassion, support, always learning. And, and then he kind of gets stuck and he says just passion, which is like, feels like he just repeated one. Um, this is so funny. Mm. Like, it's like this man has never been faced with this question in his life. Like, it was watching him and he was like, he, he's genuinely never had to think about what he values. And it's so, I don't know, I wonder what that life must be like. Like, if, if we were to take you, for example, Zavi, mm -hmm. like, you take one look at you, mm. you listen to one podcast of sure. you. Yeah, pretty you know surface that level stuff. Your core values are not consuming animal products. Mm -hmm. um, I actually um, have been sliding during mm -hmm. lockdown. So. Okay. <laughs> Largely not consuming uh -huh. animal products. Um, DIY ethos. Mm -hmm. Diversity and representation. Important stuff. Yep. And then referring to horses exclusively as clippy clippy nays. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also, increasingly, Guitar Hero is one of my core <laughs> values in the year 2020. Um, one of the mums says, According to law in Australia, marriage is the union of two people to the exclusion of all others voluntarily entered into for life. I'm, like, this is an interesting chunk of this show because I'm extremely hesitant to, like, make any assumptions about these two women because they didn't choose to be presented as a couple and we shouldn't necessarily just, like, leap to that even if it kind of feels that way. But it's just like holding up the Australian Marriage Act as gospel makes for a very strange situation here. It was really strange. It it gave me like big marriage equality survey plebiscite sort of like trigger yeah. sort of totally. things. I was like, like, oh, I haven't heard that, that right. name for three years. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not that far removed from that, you know, the letter, like the letter of the law being such a huge like point of conversation in Australia and like defining marriage based on the traditional way it has always been defined mm. it's very interesting to have like the quote-unquote two mums like using this now as the you know you would think this is the kind of conversation that would be happening quite a ways down the line after the change had been made on a legal yeah. level yeah but instead it's almost like it to if you want to read it in that way you could think about it that she's proceeding um plebiscite unseen mm. my personal theory is that second mum has never seen the show before because she lives in the commune without television or electricity. Mm-hmm. Right. And thinks that they're actually, like, at the end of the show, they get married. Oh. Right. So yeah. she's like, like, do you guys know the rules of <laughs> yeah, marriage? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this, what you're planning to do, I assume, is highly irregular. <laughs> <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines marriage in this commune as we all get together and sleep in the same barn mm-hmm. and worship the same leader with the same long beard. Right. It was also very, like, finishing off the debate. Uh, oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. In conclusion, marriage is a land of contrast. <laughs> uh, then they asked the hardest question Lockie has ever faced in his life. And Max alluded to it earlier. How do you feel about feminism? Now, to me, and to a lot of people, feels like a bit of a softball. <laughs> but he fumbles. He goes, um, I don't know. It's a hard one. Like, oh, I don't... Um, Oh dear. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> Say literally almost anything. You must know during that stammer that like obviously it doesn't cut to an ad break in real life, but you must know that like if you say different variations of um enough times, there will be a suspense break there where everyone can tweet about how fucking stupid you sound. My god. <laughs> At least just put a double thumbs up, like right. honestly. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you can be like, obviously it's good. Here are the reasons why I'm in a position where it makes a bit, you know. Because, like, I think his core idea is like, well, it's a bit weird for someone who is the bachelor to say that he is pro-feminism. Although, I don't necessarily believe that's the case. I think that's what he's sort of scrambling with. Like, I mean, yeah, what, what did you think was the internal conversation happening at that point? Because, like, you feel like you would just, even if you hated women and were a misogynist, I mm. feel like you would still say, I think it's good because you know you're on TV. This is the thing. Like, you're on TV, you are representing yourself in front of the nation, and it is almost worse for what to be portrayed, what ends up being portrayed is, is tumbleweeds, mm. basically. And, like, even if you are taking a stance to the negative, which I just I can't imagine that anyone would do in the year 2020, mm. at the same time, you like, I sit there and I think, like, you have to have something to say to this question mm. because you've just dated 26 women and the last 
the the least that you can do is say that they are good. Right. Yeah. I get the impression that maybe what he's trying to do is to seem like he is putting a lot of thought into it and not like just rushing to the, the answer that someone would want to hear or whatever. But by thinking about it too much, it it really spoils the whatever positive glean you might get from this conversation. I mean, we don't know. There could it, this could be a classic case of producers editing him. He might have just absolutely like he might have like jumped in and been like. Look, you know, I think there are problems with second wave feminism now, as important as it was, yeah. you know, at the time. But like, so I've moved on to third wave. But can men really identify as, you oh, know? Yeah, like- yeah. <laughs> and they've just deleted all except like the um and the ah in between those words. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the mums are breathless saying, oh, well done. And saying his answers are, quote, very perfect. Okay, Trump. <laughs> yeah. That is a way that we have described this podcast since its very beginning. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is one of those moments where it's like, I absolutely can't believe how low the bar is for Lockie. Mm. Um, but then one of the mums says this, I've always said to Isabella, if she doesn't find a man and she feels like a baby, is there any chance as a consolation prize, just a little lid of sperm to, you know... Now, when I feel like a baby... <laughs> What I want is maybe a warm cup of milk or, <laughs> you know, a blankie or something like that. I don't even know where to begin with this. What do we, what do we think about the sperm conversation? I mean, it was clearly the long-running plan of Izzy and her commune of powerful witches. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Like, like I'm not a... I'm not a practicing witch, but I imagine that bachelor sperm is mm. a very potent ingredient in many spells. Totally. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. There's so much there that you're like head of a newt, mm-hmm. quadrant of bachelor sperm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, presto! Yeah, that's all it takes. That's what feminism newt. is. <laughs> newt in a man's cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. If you can get uh. Mm, Bert Newton's <laughs> New- Newton. Yeah. You can kill with two bats with one stone. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bert Newton's cum. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Okay, Most spells are 100% cum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, out the front, Izzy tells Lockie, I can definitely see myself falling in love with you. Which in the world of The Bachelor is approximately the same as saying hello. It's the kind of thing that you probably say on night one. Like, I can definitely see myself at some point in the future. It's like, I'm sorry, this is too late in the competition. You're trash. Go home. I have a, I have a vibrant imagination. I could see myself doing many things. <laughs> <laughs> I could see myself milking cum out of a <laughs> Oh, I just saw it. <laughs> in fact, I can't uh, stop thinking about it. Uh, she tells him, I'm crazy about you, which is code for I am not going to say the word love again. And they share a kiss, and Lockie leaves. And Irina is up next. Mm. Uh, they meet. He greets her with an ahoy hoy, like he did to Nicole on episode four. Seems like ahoy hoy is just a thing he says, which is kind of interesting. Mm. I'm looking for any hint <laughs> of personality <laughs> from this man. Where, um, where do you think he got that? Because, like, like, is it The Simpsons? Mm. But I believe that he lives in the wilderness. So is it more that he came across like a marooned sea captain? <laughs> <laughs> they hug and Lockie says, I can feel your heartbeat, which seems irregular. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um, they hike to a waterfall and Irina gets into the water before we realize in an unbelievable 11th hour twist that this water is actually... <laughs> 
she's saying, oh my goodness, I'm so cold. Should have brought a jacket or something. <laughs> Everything's either too hot or too cold for him. Yeah. He's a he's a real middle boy. He's looking <laughs> for his baby bear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a drone shot as they make out in the water. If you know anything about cinematography, this means that Irina is going to win. <laughs> they wouldn't bother doing that for fucking Izzy. Um, then Irina preps Lockie for the chat with her family, brother Igor, mother Vesna, and dad Basco. I simply love how Macedonian these names are. <laughs> um, then out of nowhere, perfect man Osher Ginsberg appears to share some bad news. Quote unquote, COVID is in full spring. Swing. Full swing. <laughs> it's clearly winter. Uh, and unfortunately, Melbourne doesn't exist anymore. Um, Irina's family are not going to make it, but he says, thankfully, the internet still exists. A place where nothing it's bad debatable. ever happened. Um, so there'll be a Zoom call instead. Irina is upset, but Lockie stays strong despite having to appear on a group Zoom call with strangers on short notice, being one of the absolute worst things that a human being can experience in the year 2020. Don't want it. No. Genuine nightmare. (laughs) Irina and Lockie cuddle up at the batch pad in front of a laptop. I notice they've abandoned the little like clip on webcam thing at this point. Um, Although it's interesting that they exclusively use footage that's shot by the camera operators on both ends of this call. So everybody's like looking a little bit off screen. And by interesting, I of course mean, you know, just for me. (laughs) 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 Not really. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. Um, Lucky has his arm around the chair next to him, which Irina is sitting in. And for some reason, the brother Igor is like, get your hands off my sister. As if Irina was his rental property and Lucky was like hammering a nail into the wall. <laughs> Note to my landlords that was um was not inspired by anything that you see here in this room. Yeah, no, just a joke. Mm. Just for fun. Yep. Um Igor says he's been on Lockie's social media um and he's seen that his previous relationships haven't lasted that long and it's as if Lockie was having a partner stay over frequently enough that Igor thought that she should be charged rent. I'm getting a real property manager vibe from Igor, is is what I'm saying. I looked him up. He's a uh, soccer coach. Oh, really? Yep, that's his job. Is that kind of the same thing, though? Sort of. Yeah, the real estate agent of the sports world. Yes. Right. He's like, you were offside, and therefore I'm charging you an extra rent. I know nothing about real estate or sports. so (laughs) It's a a red card flag. (laughs) There's there's some confluence here. Red flag, red card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll work on that. Thank you. Uh, at the o- end of the conversation, he's not exactly delighted with Lockie, but it's clear that he's passed the inspection and the relationship is on the market. <laughs> Irina says, I am, you know, crazy in love with you and it's a good feeling, but uh-oh, 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 oh no, no, there's still two hometowns to go. <laughs> so Beyonce, you- you're aware of this song? Max is giving me a look. <laughs> it looks like he's eating a lemon. I was in the middle of my water, mm. and how dare you? How dare you do a good joke? Have you noticed middle... that the water's in that other hand, and in the hand that you were drinking from is a lemon? <laughs> <laughs> Got it mixed up. Uh, Lucky hops in a car, which is the same car that we've been seeing ads for all season, and he shows off many of its features, including its handy USB port, CarPlay integration with Siri built into the wheel. And in showing off the GPS, we see the actual address of the house where they're shooting Beck's hometown. This house sold for $4.7 million in 2014. I will live in a share house until I die. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Beck has planned a little date for them. And would you believe it? It's her audition for Paradise. 
they are doing stand-up paddleboarding together. When was the last time that we saw a stand-up paddleboard? Can you remind me? I'm glad you asked. Mm. The history of (laughs) paddleboarding on this show is long and story. (laughs) You might remember Jared once mused, quote, I didn't know paddleboard yoga could be so erotic and sensual. (laughs) The Bachelorette's most terrifying monster, Charlie, took Ali paddleboarding on his hometown to convince her that there was a fun Charlie as well as an intense Charlie. Mm. That's a really dark chapter in the show's history. Um, it's also worth noting that this is a stealth boat date in the sense that a paddleboard, I don't know the difference. It's really arbitrary. You're right. You're right. It's a, um, it's a stick boat. Yes. Yes. It's like a gondola. Yeah. One person gondola. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but more than any of that, seeing this stand up paddleboarding take place in fucking Sydney Harbour is a grim vision of what paradise will look like next year (laughs) if people don't wear masks and get tested if they're feeling unwell. (laughs) Um, and then they share a kiss on the board, and it's literally the most romantic moment of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember when that happened on Paradise? Yes. Because it was raining? Yes. They're like, oh, I'm wet in lots of... Oh, that came out wrong. Yeah, that was um, Kieran and What's-Her-Face. Yeah, Kieran yes. and Jess. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Remember how well that worked out for them? <laughs> Honestly, they're still together today. Um, <laughs> you know, and so happy about it, and always posting together on their Instagrams, mm. and... I just, I just feel warm every time I see that narrative, um, you know, continue to play out in the year 2020. It's really one of the most heartwarming things to come from that season. Mm-hmm. Back on land. Back on land? Oh, uh, think about it. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's a complicated joke. Uh, we meet Beck's family. Mm. Beck's mum is very horny for Lockie. She says, <laughs> quote, I've stalked you. I know what you're about and I like it. Oh, boy. Can we talk about Lockie still having his pictures up with his ex on Instagram? Oh, I don't know about this. Well, there are schools of thought about this mm. as well. I want to know about some people. Some people say that it's dishonest to get rid of your uh, photos of exes. Yeah, Erasure. I don't think I've deleted photos with me and exes on, on Instagram. Okay. I Could- believe in archiving. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, it's like, I don't take a lot of photos of myself otherwise. Maybe this is just a me thing, but uh-huh. I'm like... You know, if I delete those, then there's just not, no evidence of my exit. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, I'm going to delete the whole thing. Actually, there you go, get rid of it. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I have. Um, I've certainly archived, mm. and uh, I'm a staunch proponent of it. Mm. Wait, a staunch proponent of what? Proponent. Propon- Sorry, oh, with, with a P. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, Beck's brother, a mustachioed lad with slicked back hair, <laughs> remains unimpressed, saying, "What is your favorite thing about Beck?" To which Lockie says, the first time we met was over a computer screen, and when I saw the video, it could have been played with no audio, and I would have been all for it. Christ. Lachlan. Here's a thought experience. Can you think of a a thought experiment? Can you think of a worse answer to this question? (laughs) He could have have said what the rest of the nation is thinking, which was, which one's Beck again? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's a good point. Just, like... I still am having trouble visualizing her. Oh, absolutely. I, I, in my mind right now, I can't tell you what that woman looks like. She was on the show. I can tell you exactly what her brother looks like. Mm. Yep. That mm. has been seared into my He's mind. one of the most iconic television characters. Bring him to paradise. Oh, true. Oh, yes. I want that. Would, like, bring some energy. Bring. Imagine him sauntering into paradise in a bullet shirt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? Don't touch my property. Well, now that we've had... The quote-unquote clean skins. There really are no rules anymore, mm. right? Like, 
you know, he's in with a better chance, you would think. And now that we've had The Bachelorette bringing on a sister, we have precedence. Yes. Oh, that's true. Love yeah. this. What if he's The Bachelor next year? Ugh. <laughs> 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 I pop the balloon. Uh, I prefer Bella's stepdad. <laughs> Which one was Bella's stepdad? He was the overly aggressive man who wouldn't let Lockie um, oh, talk yes. to Bella so much as uh, let her make her own decisions. We're going to get to that. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I assumed he was just a regular dad. I must have missed that. But anyway, we'll get to it. Um, the brother is also the first person in the entire season of the show to raise the fact that Survivor, which Lockie obviously was on or from, or well, he wasn't like birthed from it, but well, we don't <laughs> well, know. We don't know. watch that season. Um, Survivor is all about being deceitful and manipulative, which is true. And, and Lockie says it was, but I sucked at that. That's true. But he placed in the top five. Yeah, but he placed in the top five because he was so bad. Let Talk me explain to this me. to you. Okay, yeah. so he is a physical threat. He's mm-hmm. a really big, burly guy, but he's survivor juries traditionally reward people who have played strategically. Mm. And Lockie was not particularly capable of doing that in any way because mm. he wanted to play with like strength and courage or whatever the fuck is written on his chest. Yeah. <laughs> now, people don't reward strength and courage. Instead, they bring the strength and courages to the final five as part of their alliance. And then they get rid of them because they can beat them in the final two challenges. Uh The reason that he got so far is basically because he was somewhat of a goat being led to the slaughter. Okay. Uh, Yeah. But he wasn't the goat. (laughs) No, he was not. Yeah. 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 No. Having absolutely no strategy in a reality TV uh, show doesn't sound like Lockie to me. No. (laughs) (laughs) Gives you that impression. (laughs) Yeah. The best survivor strategy of all time, though, is the guy from season one called Sean in the US version who decided that he would vote people off in alphabetical order. Wow. Yep. Dr. Sean was just like... Donkey voting. Yeah, 100%. He was like, well, Zendaya, congratulations. (laughs) That's how Zendaya became famous. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. She's all these great roles. Yeah, she won season one of of Survivor. Mm -hmm. She was actually very happy to get off the show so she could do (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. And now she's Michi. (laughs) Um... Anyway, the family are won over very quickly. In fact, this chunk is over in a few minutes, just like Beck's entire time on the show. Beck says, I know our time's been short, and I know other people are feeling super deep emotions with you, and so am I. But to be honest, I've never been in love, and I don't use this word, I don't use that word likely. That's it. Bye, yeah. Beck. <laughs> it, it, it's so good. She's like, I don't use the word love lightly. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. It's not a word that I like to just to. toss around. Well, <laughs> is that the time? Bye. <laughs> Good boundary setting from Beck, though. Oh, I, yeah. Honestly, I respected her. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know her, <laughs> but like, but at the end, I thought, yes, that's yeah, yeah it, that's firm. Anything else from her would have been like very strange and stuck out, and maybe on some level, sticking out would have helped her in a in a way, but. Um, yeah, no, I think she acted like a human being, which we should all probably applaud on this show. I agree. Mm. If she had been there from the beginning, I think perhaps she might have been in with a better shot to make sure. it further towards the end. Absolutely. They didn't have time to set up her narrative, which, yep. w- which mm. would have been like, I've never been in love. And then he would have been like, she's got barriers. She's got mm. boundaries. Can, you know, can she let them down? <laughs> we, we love the outside. <laughs> and that's a fascinating angle that we've never had an opportunity to explore on this show. <laughs> and what's so funny about that is that, like, we're going to get to, in a minute, Lockie's mum being like, 
Oh, he sure needs someone to stand up to him. <gasps> and we'll, we'll get there. Oh it is. <laughs> oh, boy. And Beck was like, I'm standing up to you. And yeah. he was like, goodbye. I don't like that. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you suck. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, cut to sunny Sydney. I mean, they're all in Sydney. Why did I type that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's Bella's hometown In voiceover, Lockie wonders if Bella might be, quote, too perfect So if you're playing the drinking game As I am Take a swig from your lemon Um, Bella says they're going to cook her mum's favourite dish together And the camera pans over the ingredients Garlic, lemons, (laughs) uh, fresh herbs, and oh dear A huge pile of red and green chilies I think this is placed in there as a bit from production because they don't even talk about it. What is this dish? They say it's like a prawn pesto situation. Yeah, pasta. But we don't see thing. any pasta. Or prawn. Mm. I don't know. It's another one of those things where they start cooking and then I'm like, you just ordered this. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted a few shots of you chopping some vegetables and then that's it, you know. Um, they're both wearing rubber gloves while cooking. Which I guess is like a COVID thing, but definitely feels like Lockie is just scared of the spices touching him. <laughs> um, and they make out on the couch in full view of the front door, and wouldn't you know it, the family walks in on them. You can so see like producers either side with the little lapel mics yeah. and the walkie-talkies being like, we have liftoff, go, 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 go. Bella's family tries the pasta... They sort of like swirl it around in their mouth and then they spit it out into a bucket and they say, hmm, it's okay. You know, it's good. <laughs> it's got an oaky timbre and notes of summer fruits. Um, Bella's dad works in IT or maybe security or maybe he's a human lie detector. Those are, those are all different things. Or maybe he's a psychic medium or an intimacy counselor of some description. It's hard to tell. He's a busy guy. Mm. Yeah. Um, he is a frowning man, essentially. That is his role here. I'm sorry, it is the stepdad, not, yeah. not the dad-dad. What a, what a confusing set of qualifications. Mm. I think that in IT, he probably did a lot of cybersecurity stuff, oh. you know, mm-hmm. but we don't call that, we don't call it cybersecurity anymore because everything is everything right. cyber. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think that he's one of those people who, like, you know, brushes up against like the notion of crime so much that he thinks he's like a detective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that at home he goes by data cop. <laughs> Step data. <laughs> uh, he's very committed to continuing to frown despite how clearly happy his daughter is, mm. which is always an interesting mm. dynamic for one of these family dinners. It's like you're seeing your daughter for the first time in what seems like months. And you're like, mm, but it's been ruined by the presence of this big man. Um, he takes Lockie aside and says it will take more than cooking him a meal to win him over. Lockie may have to cook as many as two or even three meals before this is a result. <laughs> Dad says, try and convince me that you're not going to bring any stress and drama into Bella's life. And Lockie, Lockie looks right into the camera and tugs at his collar and goes, Ooh. <laughs> Um, anyway, the rest of the family aren't being weirdly confronted of patriarchal monsters, <laughs> so at least Lockie is won over by the majority of the room. What is the vibe with the dad? Why are we, why, so, like, what is it that compels us to say, um, don't touch my stuff? Mm. I hate it. It's I, a, I mean, it's an age-old aspect of this show. Yeah. I have to wonder if, like, 
a producer slipped him a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like... yeah. Whenever someone's particularly in character like this, like you can get like you, a lot of the time, you get the impression that they're just like justifiably have some concerns or yeah. like you know this is uh, clearly a world that they're not part of or maybe they don't watch The Bachelor or whatever. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? What yeah. is this? But then sometimes you get someone who's like, I don't want my daughter to find happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Patrick, are you suggesting that a cop might accept a bribe? <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> Bella and Lockie have another very quiet, whispery sort of hug moment. Bella says, I think it's just scary because I'm scared of saying something that you can't say back. Um, which is very, I mean, you know, the first three shadowings were good, but this fourth shadowing, <laughs> I'm crazy about it. Wait until you catch the matinee. <laughs> I have to assume she just meant like a long word that he wouldn't be able to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're really perspicacious. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, feminism exists. <laughs> I'm a feminist. And he's like, you're a... <laughs> you're a... F- <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> Lockie calls her Bubby and I do a big mm. puke. Mm. Well, do we want to talk about, do we want to litigate the Bubby situation? <laughs> okay. There is no good pet name. Let's, let's mm. put that out there as yes. the qualifier here. There, like, there is a good pet name for two people. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as a third person hears it, it's mm. terrible. It's gone. You know? So... Not a great start for him, right. you know. But that's the only defense I'll give to Bubby. Yeah. Like, oh, no. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. Like, none of them are good, you know, under a microscope. Like, a lot of people will call their partner baby, and then you think about that, and you're like, why is my partner a baby? That's mm. messed up. But obviously, like, it's pretty culturally acceptable. Mm. But I think to to hear baby, which is pretty well, you know, it's known by everyone. Yeah, and to go, I want to make it like twenty five percent like cutesier. And go with Bubby. Bubby. But also, Bubby, I feel like, is that not, like, the kind of thing you would maybe call, like, your Jewish grandmother or yes. something like that? Like, doesn't it have that type of... Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, well, why is he calling Bella that? Why wouldn't you call Irina that? Right. <laughs> right. Of course. This yeah. is, that's the irony name that we give the cat. That's pronounced Irina. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um... Bella says, hey, I do love you immensely. And Lockie whispers, thank you. <laughs> Which is so fucking weird. <laughs> it's one of the best situations that this show puts somebody in, which is like being told very genuinely that they that they love them and they have to say, that's good. <laughs> Noted. Cheers. <laughs> I'll file that away and... Uh... You can look forward to my answer. <laughs> Great to hear. Yeah. You can expect a response in four to six weeks, Bubby. <laughs> Sorry for my delay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, cut to a rose ceremony where we very abruptly and for no specific reason learn that two women will be sent home tonight. This is the first time in history, right? I think so. And I guess it's because of COVID, but I say that not meaning anything by it, because I don't really know how COVID would mean that this has to happen. How it affected the production schedule. I mean, this is a situation where we're like, we've sent five women home on one night, we've sent four women home in one night. There's no rules anymore about who can be sent home at any time. It really feels to me like at some point they just realised that they were 
on the wrong episode because they air two episodes a week, right? Mm. And so traditionally, the hometown episode would be on a Thursday night, and then there would be two more the next week. And at some point, they kind of just went, "Oh fuck, we miscounted. We've got an odd number here. We've got to <laughs> fix this up." When uh, I, I talked to um, Hilary Innes, who's the um, EP of The Bachelor, mm. oh, yeah. and she and I was like all about how they adapted to COVID, and she was like, "We had." a lot of trouble because all the things that we'd planned were, we were no longer able to do. So they had to like essentially condense the yeah. whole second half of the season into a couple of episodes because like no businesses were open anymore. So right. like, so they couldn't take him to, you know, the balloon, the place, right. or, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or anything like that. So it all just, and like, and because they got interrupted halfway through, like it, it all their timing was just kind of off. Mm, mm. So like, yeah, uh, you know, I think, COVID is right. I don't know exactly why. Yeah. You know? yeah. Life gets in the way. Well, yeah. It's probably one of those things that there's never really going to be a particularly good answer yeah. for. But, but it does make for a very interesting and weird last minute sort of change in this episode. And that also does explain why so much of the earlier parts of the season with Ariba and Laura felt so stretched out. Hmm. Because there was so much stuff that they couldn't do and had to sort of like rush through. And it is impressive that they constructed a show yeah. within this timeline. It's just unfortunate that the bits that um, I think that we might like, which come further towards the end, were waylaid. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I feel like they... Uh, I know that they stretched out, like, a lot of footage that they would have, ne- like, cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, the way that we as an audience learn this information is just really interesting. Uh, Osha whispers in his usual little monologue that... Lockie is now ready to choose the two women that he will take straight to the finale. And that a little pop-up appears in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen that tells us that the finale is tomorrow. You would think, because obviously this show is edited pretty well ahead of time, that they would try to prepare people for this or like mm. you know if even just to guarantee some slightly better viewing numbers or something like that that they would be like finale week don't miss mm. learning how it all turns out but i think for some reason maybe they thought it would work more in their favor for for audience to have this sprung on them and to go fuck well i gotta cancel my plans tomorrow night or something literally i did so it worked yeah well yeah Yes, I also cancelled my plans. <laughs> <laughs> Several parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does one. <laughs> um, the women look genuinely shocked to hear this information, um, as was I, and I think probably all of us. Um, and just like that, he gives the roses to Irina and then Bella. Beck leaves first without a word. Um, and then Izzy, uh, Lockie, you know walks her out and says, you have no idea how hard this is, which to me fully sucks. Mm. <laughs> like at this point, I'm like, fuck you, Lucky. Like, yeah. this is not about how bad, th- like how hard this is for you. Right. Please like allow her to feel this situation. And particularly as we see what happens with Bella in mm. the next episode, Christ. I'm just like, don't make this about yourself, please, man. He's such a little, he's a little baby who's never had anything go wrong mm. right. for him before. Like he has no emotional fortitude whatsoever. Well, it's just like, and it's also like emotional language and the ability to speak to and empathize with how someone else might be feeling in that situation. Mm. Yeah. Which he just lacks. I, 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 well, you know, we, like, we know him. He's a, he's a wilderness boy. He's yeah. used to, like, speaking the language of, like, several wolves who want to kill him. <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, that's kind of it. He grunt in a language that, like, uh, apes understand, but yeah, just yeah. not his fellow human being. Well, if a tree falls in the woods, it doesn't have feelings, you know? <laughs> Are you sure? Did no. it tell you that in some way? 
with Look, like some kind of sound? There's no way that a tree has um I mean maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. I have to I have to rethink a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, Wait. The wind in the willows? Is that a different thing? Oh my god. The Daku shrub. Mm. There's so much stuff. There's a lot of plants out there. Oh fuck. I gotta go. You haven't been outside in a while, have you, Max? <laughs> uh, he walks her out and whispers, You're so amazing. You bring out the best in me. I'm like, I don't care. She doesn't care. Um, and Izzy says, I've really liked spending time with you. But yeah, I think like just the overwhelming feeling that even in dumping her, he has kind of made this about himself. Mm. I just really didn't like. Mm. Super gracious from Izzy. And yes. I think I would love to see her brought back to paradise. Sure. And then road tested as the bachelorette from there, because there's a lot of potential for her to be funny, to be someone who could be really leading in the way that she, um, in the way that she conducts herself. Mm. I hate to draw what feels like kind of an obvious comparison that's being made a little bit at the moment, but I feel like the road test of her as bachelorette is Ellie miles being given the role of bachelorette. True. In the sense that I think the show thinks that they're the same people. Yeah. They definitely laugh a lot at nothing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Which men love. They yeah. sure do. It's that like down home kind of there's thing. There's a lot of days. Well. Yeah. 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 I, and I think they think that, um, uh, oh no, who was the last bachelor? A- Ali. Mm. Uh, I think they think that she's like Ali, mm. you know, because she's got that like relatable, you know, fun sense of humor, except Ali is actually a very funny person. Sure. And I think that's what they miss. Yes. Yeah. Same thing with like Sophie Monk or like, mm. yeah. Angie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did I mean Angie? I think I meant Angie. You might have meant Angie. Yeah, I did. I get them mixed up. All you said the who's time. the last bachelorette, and I and you said Ali, and then I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is on you. Culpable. <laughs> this brings us to the finale, The Bachelor Australia, season eight, episode fourteen. Mm. Osha welcomes us to the so picturesque. It doesn't even matter that there was no other choice. Hunter Valley. Mm-hmm. Honestly, why go to South Africa? Yeah, like it was beautiful. Sure, it was yeah. so lovely there. And I bet they get like a bit of a tax knockback or something. You know, like there's probably some kind of little sweet deal they get from the tourism board. I reckon. I uh, I like. They must get so much money from like South Africa tourism. Yeah, like, yeah, you know. yeah. I know the US one does because they always go to great lengths to let you know that it's like the most romantic destination and the perfect <laughs> place to find love or whatever. It's like, yeah. fuck, I have to book an international flight. Osher <laughs> <laughs> um, is wearing a very Paddington bear coat and I simply have never loved him more. <laughs> He contrasts the, quote, brave and vulnerable Bella with the caring and I- adventurous Irina. I'm curious about these adjectives because, like, you know, we have gotten to know these characters a little bit, but I don't necessarily know if those, like, fit or the first things that come to mind. Like, when I think about Bella, I'm not necessarily thinking, like, not to say she's not brave, mm. but I don't think, like, top two adjectives. Like, is and is she brave in comparison to Irina? What's she done that's brave? Mm. Like, apart from coming on The Bachelor... Putting which, herself out there. Yeah. Saying, I love you. Which, like, is all of them. Yeah. Mm. So, I think about this in terms of when this was written versus when it was edited. And you would assume that they have some idea of what the story is going to be, but maybe not the complete idea. Mm. And particularly with... And it's easy to cop out with coronavirus, but, like... Mm. Um, you know, uh, I, I guess sometimes you have to think about what um, Coroni, Roni, Roni, Ron would say in this in, in this instance, because at this point, I wonder if the narrative is fully formed for Osha 
to be able to make be, be making this speech mm-hmm. that the editors then might be telling a slightly different version of the story. Yeah, I, I hear you. Like, they yeah. just kind of have to pick sort of somewhat arbitrary, not giving away too much type of adjectives. Yeah, yeah. like, I'd be super interested to see what they described Abby as last year, for mm. example. Mm. Brave. Sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Controversial, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually, th- they didn't that because a lot of that narrative came later. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah you're right. Mm. But that that's it. Like Bella and Irina are like they've been bland choices. Yes, mm. and Lockie's been bland, and I guess that he can't say the bland, <laughs> the bland and bland Bella, and the also bland Irina. Nice yes. looking, but who fucking knows what else? Irina and the nice looking, but who fucking knows what else? Bella. I mean, if we were going to go with. The way Lockie's been building their narrative, yeah. he would have said the the one with the eyes, Bella, <laughs> and Mummy Two, Irina. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Lockie runs shirtless through the bush, looking so much like Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> like even the way that the shots are framed, like a reminiscent of that famous Bigfoot photo. I think it's really funny. Um, he waxes poetic about Irina, saying he can't picture a future without her. And says, I feel like I'm going to be fine no matter what if I've got Irina by my side. Goo goo gaga, etc. He then says, what makes Bella stand out is those big brown eyes. He also says, what draws me to Bella is what's coming up next. I don't know if he means that in like an after the break on TV kind of way. (laughs) Or in a like, quote, I have a concrete idea of what our future will look like type of way. Which, you know, that will come up again later. It's really interesting because Bella, you know, it's not like she's looking into her third eye, is she? Mm. Mm. Lockie wishes. But it is like, you know, we will talk about this more as this episode goes on. But I think like the key point that um, uh, Lockie has decided to separate these two people is that... With Irina, he can picture a future, whereas with Bella, he has more of an idea of what their present is going to be like, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's a bit arbitrary, if you ask me, but this is kind of what he's decided. But then, in the way that they're setting up this episode, it kind of seems like he's having it both ways anyway. Yeah. Like, in a narrative sense, it's very blurry. Yeah. Anyway, um, Lockie's mum appears. They do this little, like fake hug thing where they like raise their arms up and they they won't touch each other and Lockie says bloody COVID and I think back to all the different women he has made out with over the last few weeks and and I'm like what are you drawing the line here (laughs) Lockie tells his mum Irina is so gentle caring she's a nurse she's absolutely amazing with Bella when I'm with her there's nothing we can't do and I'm just like let's take on the world I can't remember what she does for work. Wait a minute, let me check. No, it is important. No, I'll look on the Tenplay website. <laughs> oh yeah, she's a marketing consultant. Yeah, I really like that about her. <laughs> I love the, like, she's a nurse. It's like, oh, because oh. of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, Irina and Bella both walk up to meet Lockie's mum, Brenda, at the same time, which is a fun subversion. I actually think this is like a good choice. Yeah. There have Mm. been a couple of moments in this episode and in the last maybe one or two finales where they seem to have learned the lesson of Bachelor finales past, where it is so rote and so, you know, uh, by the books that you can tell what's happening a long time before they seem to want you to. And they have made a couple of small but key changes at this Mm. point, um, which is good. Especially since they hate, like, Bella and Irina hate each other. Right. And that's, like, such a... 
honestly, I'm weird. I'm I'm a little bit weirded out that they didn't make this more of a thing in the season. Like, yeah. you know, like like the two finalists hating each other seems like that could be the entire narrative. Right. right. It's such a new dynamic because yeah. normally they keep them apart, and the reason for that is they both have such strong feelings for the bachelor that it would be weird or whatever. But in this instance, they're being kept apart and it's good because otherwise like shit would be flying. You would think, Mm. I mean, also they're both just like very polite and like, they don't, they clearly don't want to hash it out on TV and stuff like that. Yeah. But they, if they wanted to, they could really bring out this dynamic and engineer some situations where you would get a lot of interesting reality TV drama Mm. in a way that you don't normally get towards the end of the season where they've kind of got it out of their system and we're just in romance stuff. Of course, they're super on their best behavior here when they meet Lockie's mom. Right. But there's so much room, as we've seen on this show, for producer intervention to be like, Bella, how do you feel about the fact that Irina is, quote, a manipulative little bitch? Right, Mm. right. Lockie. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's so much room to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they do, like, when they sit down at the table together, Bella does, for some reason, point out that she and Irina aren't friends anymore, which, like, I don't, nobody asked her to say that, I don't think, and it's a very strange thing to introduce. Like, hi, great to meet you. This one sucks, and I'll tell you why. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know exactly what that's the idea what is there. That's they want, though. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. that's kind of what I want out of this as well. Yeah. If you're going to have them all sitting at a table together, like, why not make it a fucking buller banquet? Yes. Brenda takes Bella away for a chat. Bella says, I know it's ridiculous, but I have fallen so ridiculously in love with him. Ridiculous. Um, Brenda mentions to the camera a couple of times that what Lockie needs is someone to stand up to him. (sighs) And it's funny. Like, he ended up on The Bachelor, right? (laughs) Which, you know, you would think at least part of the point of The Bachelor is to literally just go along with whatever The Bachelor wants and play nice and make doe eyes at them until they pick you. And whereas, you know, we know he was on a season of Survivor where the whole point is people are standing up to you and trying to, you know, it's much more competitive and that sort of thing. Uh huh. Maybe you should have just done another season of that. Uh-huh. Was that an option? Well, he did also fall in love in Survivor as well. So Yeah. Like, yeah. And then their Best breakup was never addressed on this show. No. Which is odd in itself, but it's also like, it sounds like, like, what if we heard from the mum at this point? What if the mum, like, introduced, like, hey, what happened with, what was her name again? <laughs> Brooke. With Brooke. Brooke. It was like, hey, what about Brooke? I really liked her. Yeah. Yeah. Bring that one back. Yeah. Or what if she was just like, I think whoever wants to date my son should, like, eat these four snakes raw. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I've, I've never watched Survivor. <laughs> I assume that's close enough. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Brenda chats to Irina next and says, Irina is pretty brave to put herself in this situation. Although obviously not as brave as Bella, for whom bravery is one of her two defining characteristics, (laughs) as we talked about. Ultimately, Lockie's mum can't help, saying, On the one hand, Bella is beautiful, but on the other hand, Irina is gorgeous. Can't you have them both? (laughs) (laughs) You wonder where he gets it from. (laughs) Uh, And then with an I love ya, not you, but ya, (sighs) she's gone. Um, So it's time for one more date with each of them. Irina is up first, and they're going driving in an off-road vehicle. (laughs) Well, obviously, Irina's not driving. She's a woman! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Lockie does a big rev, and they drive out to some cheesy cock rock music, and Lockie drives through puddles in slow motion and stuff. 
he just like they just give him everything he wants. He's mm. he's yeah ridden his little bikes and done his cars and all sorts of things. Like I don't know, put him out of his comfort zone, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's Lockie's world and we're all just living in it. It's interesting, yeah. like, the time that I have most enjoyed watching Lockie is when he's been in the bath and when he's... Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Big mood. No. When he is with uh, Izzy, when he's over Zoom, when he's in situations where he is a bit uncomfortable, mm. that's the time that I feel like I resonated the most with him because he's not, I don't know, fucking revving and doing a big doughy to impress the woman. He's got to rely on his personality. Personality, personality but like it's yeah. less like Tim Allen grunt grunt, <laughs> yeah, you know. But also with this, like, you know, like I'm not an Irina truther in that I like I'm like, yeah, she's never hiked before and she doesn't even know <laughs> what hiking is, and if she did hike, she'd die, you know. Um, like I don't take Bella's side, but like I don't think she enjoyed that car trip. No, no, I think um, whether or not she enjoys hiking when she goes hiking of mm. her own volition. This is not a her-focused activity. No. This is a she's sitting in the passenger seat while something happens type of day. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, like, someone should have, like, I don't know, been gravely injured and she could have nursed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what if they just, like, happened upon... Like, they orchestrate all sorts of stuff. Oh, what if the producer just shot Lucky with an arrow? <laughs> <laughs> That would be an incredible bonding moment, and I would believe their relationship a thousand percent more. And you know what would have been great? If they'd done it to him twice. Once with Irina, once with Bella. Oh, just God. to see what happens. Oh, I love Bella's, that. Bella's just freaking out. She yeah. runs. Yep. Like, she just leaves him. Irina gone. puts pressure on, you know, snaps it off, removes it, yeah. burns the wound. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Do you think Bella's big eyes, and let's not... Like, fuck around here. They're very big. Yeah. Do you think they give her some kind of supernatural seeing ability? That's absolutely it. So that, so like, so she wouldn't actually have to nurse Lockie because she sees the she producer sees with her huge eyes, pushes him out of the way, arrow goes whistling past. Love that. <laughs> uh, do you reckon we could edit it? We've got, Like, I got my iMovie. I could whip together using the footage from this, you know... I don't know. I don't know how to use iMovie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this like car date thing, ironically, is not an ad for a car, even though it looks quite a bit more like an ad for a car than the ad for a car that we saw on the previous episode. Uh, they talk about their shared love of the outdoors. Why do people like the outdoors? Here's one for the class to discuss. <laughs> What's going on out there that's so good? Because I've been out there sometimes too hot, sometimes too cold. Let me tell you. Sorry, my mic's fallen over, but I <laughs> I need answers. Okay. Sometimes I think the outdoors is good. Mm. And I think it's good because it reminds me of when I was little and because it's nice sometimes to put my feet in the grass mm. and feel a bit like earthed or something in the least commune kind of way that you can be to feel a little bit connected to the world. Get a bit of lawn, bring it inside. Get a bit of lawn. Okay. All right. Um, (laughs) This is a debate now. The outdoors is where you mostly find gold in like streams and things. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Underground. With that said, and obviously it's a natural resource that has plenty of value, inside is where you find a lot of jewelry. Yeah. You know, like maybe Lockie likes being outdoors, but what he would really like if he gave it a try is being a cat burglar. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I was like, most inside jewelry is not mine. 
you know, whereas outside gold, anybody's. Yeah. No luck, he's a thrill seeker. Free reign. I feel like he's more, like, less cat burglar because he's got, like, terrible core strength, as we've seen from the paddleboarding mm. and the yoga. <laughs> and the can't touch uh, his toes. Can't touch his toes. And he's very big and He's noticeable. very big. He's more one of the characters in an Ocean's Eleven-style heist. Yes. Yeah. He's the tank. He's the tank. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's getting the good DPS while other people are maybe uh, a little distant. You guys like playing online mo- video games? No. Nope. What is DPS? Uh, the damage per second. Oh. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it. I think he. I think he drives the car. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Of course. <laughs> He's got that big off-roader. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, "Who did it?" Hey Siri, take me to bank. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they lie down somewhere, still outdoors, uh, and Lockie asks whether Irina can say no to him. Um, what's something I would do that you'd be like, no, Lockie? Irina suggests jumping out of a moving car, but also I reckon if the thought of him telling another woman that he's in love with her later that day might have crossed her mind, ah! mm, she might have said that instead. Mm. Mm. Later on, they get in a hot tub together, which helps fill their fun, hygiene, social, and comfort bars as well as providing an opportunity to woohoo if they should choose to. <laughs> they don't. This is um, this is deep for me when I really like it. Yeah. I spent too long on the script this week. <laughs> um, Irina says her heart is beating like crazy. So Lockie puts one of his massive paws on her chest, mm. practically dwarfing her entire torso. My inclination here is to say that maybe he's trying to grab a boob, but like he could literally bit fit like both of them and the rest of Irina in one hand. It's mm-hmm. it's at this point that I'm really like we haven't really scaled up these people against one another. It's a strange situation. There is a Jack and the Beanstalk quality to it, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, she's climbing up. <laughs> Very yeah yeah. Um, Anyway, when I wasn't really paying attention because I was thinking about the size, the scale (laughs) situation, he says, I just wanted to feel your heart when I just wanted to tell you I have fallen in love with you. (sighs) Firstly, um, you know, like a couple of linguistic notes. (laughs) Okay. Um, The use of past tense implies that it has already happened and Mm. he is therefore already in love. And also the use of ya instead of you implies that Lockie is from Perth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, good. And we're getting into this situation where it's like, he's really going to fucking say it. Because like in Bachelor, normally you have that situation we talked about before where he will whisper, thank you very much and mm. I'll get back to you at my earliest convenience. Mm. But instead he has opted for having it both ways and saying I love you to not just one but two of them. Which immediately just devalues the the sentiment because, right. you know, as soon as you spread it amongst two people, then it's just like, oh, okay. Well, like, yeah, because here's the thing. If only there was a way that he could say it the same number of times to both of them, <laughs> yet without saying it to either. Right, right. <laughs> if and he could have an equal spread that is not one time to both. This is the exact reason why this, like, stupid bachelor parlance exists, mm. you know, where... Uh, thank you, and I am falling somewhat in love with mm, you. Like yeah. all of these things. Like the reason why is because you want to get to the end and then have the big reveal of falling in love with just one person because right. of this hetero monogamo shit show. Yes. Now, <laughs> what I wonder about that the alternate title for our podcast: <laughs> hetero monogamo shit show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> 
<laughs> what I wonder about that is like, firstly, I want to address that. Uh, you can be in, t- in love with two people at the one time. I think that's sure. real yeah, and genuine and true. Yes. And I have no reason to doubt that that is um, not what has happened here, right? Mm. It seems like he loves them both. Well, mm. okay. I have some level of doubt about that. I don't know if... I mean, it's a, it's definitely a complicated situation, and he feels very strongly about both of them. I think that he thinks that he loves them both. I guess it's not really mm. for me to define what an, another person's experience of love is. Yeah. yeah as a sociopath, I can... <laughs> <laughs> I can only imitate, but... Uh... <laughs> I've seen love on many television shows, and... Uh... The face I usually make is this. Yeah, yeah. Julian Welsh was really good in it. <laughs> What's no, her name? Jillian, Jillian Welsh is a country music. Jillian singer. Jacobs? Yeah, Jacobs. that's who she is. Jillian Welsh. Imagine TV show love would be amazing. Ah. <laughs> you knew which Jillian. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking about Jillian from The Biggest Loser. Oh wow! Like one of the two wow. trainers. Is that wow. her name? Okay. Yeah. Um. Yes. Michaels. <laughs> Jillian Michaels. Yeah. That's right. Doesn't matter. Mm, this is be another round of Jillians. <laughs> <laughs> a million Jillians. <laughs> um, they kiss while Lockie is weirdly perched on the edge of the hot tub. There's like a zoom out and you realize that he wasn't actually in the hot tub at all this whole time. Mm. He's just like ankle deep in there. And I guess maybe the water was a little bit too hot for Lockie. Uh-huh. Is Do it I- time? Mm. I want to. I'm going to tease it now, and we'll do it at the end. How Great. That? Um, it has been much requested by upwards of two people. Well, no, approximately two people. <laughs> <laughs> that the hit jingle from this podcast, "Too Hot for Lockie," uh, be stretched out into a full length version, and uh, dutifully, <laughs> I have done so. <laughs> and if you stick around to the end of the episode, we'll play it for you. I think it's the. Uh, ooh, just been asked on a date. <laughs> Oh, you. This very moment my by goodness. my beautiful partner. Wow. She's not getting a reply. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's time for Bella and Lockie's date. A helicopter arrives to whisk them away. And Bella says, I've never been in a helicopter without doors before. It's a strange... I've never been on a super yacht without its own swimming pool before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in and in the moment, Bella says, they talk about being on cloud nine, but I kind of just feel like I'm on cloud Lockie at this point. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a, like, like what is cloud nine anyway? Like that's a, like, it's a fundamentally like nonsense term. Right. And then she just managed to like create an even nonsensier <laughs> term. Like, uh... I, I actually did a bit of research because I was curious and I was like, this is a phrase that people toss around. How long does it exist? And that sort of thing. There have been a number of different clouds tossed around in uh-huh. the journey to cloud nine being oh. the ubiquitous one. Yeah, one to eight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it even went as high as like 13 or something oh. at one point. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so it's not like a sequential order. Like we've worked our oh. way up to this one. Um, event. I think a, a early a, an early contender for the cloud that people would talk about would be cloud seven in the sense of its relation to seventh heaven. Um, but then oh. I guess when the dad from yeah, Seven well, yeah. became very became problematic, super yeah. yeah, yeah, really, um, really ruined it. Yeah, yeah. So they had to upgrade hard. to a, a later one. Yeah. yeah, hard to watch. But it's Can't a do that anymore. it's a North Beverly American Mitchell's expression, um, and it doesn't really mean anything. There's no real. I think the the article I was reading about it was like 
Normally when a phrase such as the whole nine yards or something else with a number in it emerges, the uh, inclination is to find out why that number is the one that's important. Generally speaking, it never is. And it <laughs> went on to say like, you know, in, in football, uh, it's actually 10 yards that's like a meaningful, I don't fucking know, but apparently. Um, and the same thing with cloud nine is like, obviously we all know how important the other clouds are, but the next <laughs> one is just an arbitrary one. So anyway, that's my little lesson. There Great. is no Great. truth to the matter. Yeah. So Cloud Lucky didn't come up at all. So weird. <laughs> well, I guess in in that sense, I guess I respect her more. You know, like mm, sure. Why not? Look, well, if she's language is bothered to do the work and learn and history. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I imagine she read the same article. Right. Right. You know, it's all about cloud visibility in, <laughs> in this day and age, and mm-hmm. good good for her. All of a sudden, Bella says, "I start to hear a glimmer of classical music." You can't hear a glimmer. Nah. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, it's a little chamber orchestra who are inexplicably playing the presto movement of summer from Vivaldi's Four Seasons, despite the fact that it is clearly winter. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also like just an extremely dramatic piece of music. Very It's like, much. if you're not familiar, if you don't remember, it's, it's that one that's like... It's like the, the main like cultural touch point that I have for it at the moment is that it was in the final scene of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm. So maybe on some level they're trying to create some like 18th century like lesbian romance lesbian sort of vibe romance to this. Lesbian romance, too hot like, for Lockie kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Do you reckon they were like, okay, we know Irene is going to win. We don't want you to play like a romantic song. So mm. could you like... Play, like, you know, a really dramatic scene from Fantasia. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Play the flight of the bumblebee. Yeah. It's practically... Uh, that's the piece I would equate, equate it to the most, because it's very, like, frenzied. Yeah, 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 for sure. Also, what about Bella getting this incredible helicopter, classical music, fucking pull out all of the stop state, and Irina getting going in the car? Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. Mm. I don't know what the optics are here. Maybe it's, like, trying to... You know, maybe they can sense that he is leaning a little bit closer towards Irina, and so they're like, we can level the playing field a little bit by making this date feel more special. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. This is the producer woo, where they're like, whoop, 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 back here. I have to wonder if they didn't, if like both Lockie and they didn't know. Yeah. Yes. That's a great point because Mm. it's not like he's been particularly forthright. You know, like they don't, there's no footage of him. Like, you know, and, and they don't try and stack the deck too much where they let you know who's likely to be winning or anything like totally. that. Totally. But particularly this time around, you're just like, feels like it could really be high though. Yeah. You know? Mm. And he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I think there is quite a bit of credence to the fact that they may have had to learn this piece pretty late. And I don't want to just shit on them, but it was a little pitchy. Okay. So, oh. you know, and okay. it's not an easy piece. I'm not saying I could do it, but... Um, oh, I think you are. Well, maybe on guitar. <laughs> Stick around. I'm going to say COVID. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. They're like, what do you know? The violins were sick. Well, they couldn't get together to rehearse. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd think that would affect the timing rather than the pinch, but... but well, I don't uh, know. <laughs> they're in a forest. <laughs> they're in a... Who knows what It's a meadow do. at worst, they're Max. Outdoors. All right. Um, Bella tells Lockie, I love you so much it hurts, to which Lockie says, golly, golly, gosh, eh? <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, like, oh. what are we going to do with you? Oh. <laughs> sort of like, oh. oh, my God. Uh, this is worse than Honey Badger. Yeah. yeah. I have to, like, read this stuff out because, A, like, you just forget it as soon as it happens. But, B, like, these are the moments of personality. Like, these are the parts that set him apart from literally just, like, reading cue cards or whatever. Is, like, his gut reaction to being told very seriously from one of the two women that he's in love with. Mm. That... She loves him. And he goes, oh, what, bloody heck. Oh, crikey. Mm. Everything he says is like white noise, though. Like, mm. it's so hard to pick up on anything because, like, none of that really means anything. You right. Know? Yeah. He, he's basically just saying words. Yeah, yeah. And if you talk about variation in pitch save, like, <laughs> he delivers at not monotone, but within the same little range of, like, and then I sort of thought, and then I'm on a man, and every sentence kind of ends up yeah. doing that. For someone who's been on quite a bit of television, we were talking about Angie before as someone else who was plucked from another show and. You know, she is a great presenter. Yeah. And she has a lot of dexterity to her voice and style. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, it's the reason that we really love, like, Georgia Love's season. Yeah. Um, is that she's used to being on TV and she can express a lot of different types of things and that kind of thing. And, and that just doesn't really seem to be one of Lockie's strengths, which is just an odd pick for him. It's the ability to use what you have to give emotional exposition, mm. you know. And it doesn't mean you have to be, like, the vocal equivalent of the bumblebee. You know, you don't have to be doing that with your voice, but you do at the very least have to be able to tell the story in a way that's compelling without like literally, I assume, having someone there saying like, I need you to say that again, but finish it down this time. Yeah. 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 I don't think he has any strong emotions. So no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, On some level, he's being very genuine. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon he should have gone with like big vocal fry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's on trend. <laughs> should say the BOH pod is uh, sponsored by Big Vocal Fry. <laughs> We're in their pockets. Yes. <laughs> Do you like vocal fries with that? <laughs> um, and then he gets up saying, You told me to wear my heart on my sleeve, and I've been doing it this whole time, and I've taken it quite literally. Before rolling up his sleeve and revealing. What looks to be something he's written on his arm in texter. And for a second, I'm like, is this a fucking tattoo? Which is a truly unchained thought to have. <laughs> in the I want it. I want that to be it so badly. Yeah, but it's like, it's, I can't understand why he has done this like little bit of Sharpie art where there's <laughs> an actual typo. <laughs> <laughs> he says, um, quote, I'm a big believer in love at first sight. And I think I fell in love with you on that night. After she reads it out, he says, Babe, I'm definitely falling in love with you. And Babe Two Pig in the City is not as good, (laughs) despite what people say. (laughs) 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 So in the press this week, Lockie has been quick to point out that he told Irina that he, quote, had fallen in love with her. Whereas he told Bella that he, quote, was falling in Mm. love with her. Which is very different in like a very nuanced way, you know? Lockie loves this nuance. He, that he, he, wait. Li- he lives in the tiny little semantic space between these two friends. No, phrases. he doesn't. Don't you think so? This was an accident. I think, I think you're looking at, like, 
a blind and deaf dog's face that's like you know stuck in this sort of like rictus of a thing and you're like it's smiling it's like it's not smiling it's, not... it's just old <laughs> i agree but this is this is where he is trying to situate himself now in when he goes and talks to Kyle and Jackie O and stuff like that yeah absolutely and, and they say what did you what did you what the fuck what you sure. are you fucking stupid what are you doing and he says well it's let me explain this to you and i found it yeah exactly yeah. you know and and his credibility and his likability as an ongoing concern sort of depend on this tiny little crack in between these two phrases, right? Mm. But when you think about it, it's completely undone by a lot of instances of this episode, including this arm thing, which, by the way, sucks, obviously. It's Mm. just very strange. But, you know, if anything, it confirms linguistically that he has, in fact, been 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 in love with Bella for quite a lot longer than Irina, because he says they fell in love on night one. Yeah. And I hate to be like, you know, when the Itchy struck the xylophone, like the bone and it plays like a xylophone, <laughs> whatever that quote is. I hate to be that guy who's pulling it apart on that level, but it's also like, if you are trying to use this as your get out of jail free card from um, being a bit of a dick on national television, yeah, then it needs to hold water. Bella and Lockie share some time in a heated pool. Lockie points out that they shared the first and last dates together, and Bella notes that they were both in the water. It is a bit of a sweet coincidence until you realise that the Bachelor, and especially the very outdoorsy Lockie, practically force every contestant into the water at some point or another. (laughs) It is not something that just they have in common. (laughs) Lockie asks Bella what their next year is going to look like, and this is a crucial quote-unquote crucial moment, where Bella says, it'll be cool to hang out and just be us, meet each other's friends. I want to date. I want to be in a relationship. And I genuinely don't care what we do as long as we're together. And Lockie says, the next three years. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that answer. I want it. Um, And Bella says, you're going to ask for for specifics, aren't you? Because all that's in my view at the moment is the next three months. I just want to nail this into your head so you don't forget it. I don't care what we do as long as we're together. Also, it's a pandemic. Well, yeah. Can you, at any point in the last six months, have you been able to be like, here's my plan for what's going to happen over the next year? Very true. <laughs> it's June. Right. It is. The the city of Melbourne is under complete lockdown. We are worried as fuck about that shit coming up here to New South Wales. Mm-hmm. We're, it's a pandemic. Yeah. You, can't, you can't see past the next two weeks because you don't know what that's going to be like. I mean, the, like, in actual fact... The her deciding that she just wants to see him is privilege, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. A totally. lot of people cannot even see people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We see Lockie whisper, "I love you," and it's subtitled in case you missed it. Mm. So it's also a case of like when you're on Kyle and Jackie O trying to say that you didn't. It's fucking. There's a screenshot. <laughs> so that's me. I've got it on my phone. <laughs> Um, setting up the finale, Lockie says, in this scenario, it's not the best situation, but I am in love with two girls. At this point, I'm just saying, Lockie, you've fucked it. You've fucked it up. You've absolutely fucked yourself. You've cooked it. This is a fine situation to be in, but shut your mouth. That's what it comes down to. You can be in love with the both of them. Just don't say it. Mm. Don't, Mm. 
tell the both of them that you love them because you're going to cook your goose. And that's exactly what happens. I don't know if it's just having watched too much of this show or whatever, but I'm just like, you're The Bachelor, you have one job. You get to go in so many different fucking outdoor fucking off-road vehicles, <laughs> whatever you want to do for like longer than any other Bachelor in history. <laughs> and yet you can't come to a point where you at least like, in the last episode, you know, earlier than the last, like, 15, 20 minutes can pick one, you know? I mean, was he surprised? Like, had he not watched this show before and he's like, oh, I've got to pick one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at the like, end. Like, he knew what was happening and I just genuinely believe he was too weak to mm. make the kind of minor hard decision early on yes. where he, mm. you know, didn't give the give both girls false promises right. you know and then so then he had to horribly let one down right because he's not strategic this is why this he lost is survivor it. this is why he didn't mm. do too good on survivor mm. but this is the thing right like you don't bring bella to the final two if you are at all strategic you yeah. send her sure, home that's a four. big moment of strategy is being like look i know in my heart of hearts that this person is very important to me and meaningful and i would like to like finish this experience with them like in the good books and yeah you know and it will create an extremely difficult situation if the last two are the two that i am genuinely currently in love with yes you have to just rip off the band-aid a bit earlier and you say goodbye good luck as the bachelorette you've had a great time on tv and then Hopefully you bring you get a lot out of this experience to the final two like fucking bring back, back. that would have been even suckier TV though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Beck deserved more than she was given by this show. Yeah. But I can't tell if that's just because I believe the best in people. I like Beck. Yeah, it's because there's a there's an aura of mystery around her. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, what what do we know about this strange woman? We don't know nothing. No, no, <laughs> she goes outdoors. It is one of the latest entries from an intruder that I remember seeing, and definitely one of the intruders that has stuck around the longest from having been there late. Like she was on the show for five episodes in total. Yeah. yeah. Which is wild. The, you know, you go onto the Facebook of the bachelor Australia and they say like, let's look back on all the classic memories that Beck and Lockie <laughs> shared together. It's like, this has been like 90 minutes of screen time tops all, yeah. all through the entire series. And yeah. if you take out, uh, like the episodes where she was on Zoom in lockdown, right? Then I genuinely believe her mum had more screen time. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think you're probably right. <laughs> yes, bring back the mum for next year. <laughs> family Bachelor in Paradise family, like I'd fucking watch that. Yeah, do you know what the mum, the brother, yeah, also there. Mm-hmm. That's a good family to bring back the and road dad test. Who may or may not be a like human lie detector. Yeah, I guess he that's may- him. Wait, the stepdad? No, no, no well, he said he, he said yep. he's a step a, a human lie detector. Okay, it's interesting shit. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. he was. You know, wasn't his name also Steve? Steve, as is Stephen Van Apren. Steve Van Apren, yeah, oh, the know. most important man. Never seen him both in the same room. At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> as I said, the producers have learned their lesson, and they're sticking to the new structure in which we cut between shots of both women heading to meet the bachelor. So we can't really tell who's getting there like earlier in the day or who's going to step out first and get dumped before the happy ending. Mournfully, Lockie says to the camera, they don't deserve to get their heart broken. They're so beautiful. Ugly people, of course, on the other hand, deserve <laughs> despair and well, eternal yes. loneliness. And you know. <laughs> That's their fault, though. <laughs> yeah. Should have 
Should have thought about that before <laughs> being like that. <laughs> Me? Um, <laughs> Bella in the car says, I mean, who tells someone they love them and then picks someone else, right? Which is a very good point. Great question. Yeah. <laughs> Lockie stands looking very serious in a cream-coloured suit surrounded by purple flowers. And then Bella steps out of the fucking Nissan, not a limo, <laughs> wearing a dress that perfectly matches the purple flowers and all the set dressing, Yeah, which is an interesting thing, mm. you know? Um, and then Lockie decides to dump her, even though she is matching it all. And worst of all, he just fucking starts crying. <gasps> it's so bad. This was like one of the most infuriating moments of TV from the Bachelor series. Because, like, Bella is like, what's wrong? And then she instinctively sort of tries to comfort him. Uh-huh. And, like, I get that he is emotional about this situation, but, like, making the woman that you're dumping comfort you because dumping her is hard is just the absolute fucking worst it's shit ever. the worst. It's so weak. He's yeah. such a like, weak little baby. We saw the Honey Badger send... Two women home, mm. and it was fine. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. Like, ah, uh, hooroo, ladies! Uh, gotta say that I'm out of here like a ball in a parade. You know, like, <laughs> right? yeah. like what does that mean? Who knows? Doesn't I'm matter. Up like a jumbuck, and I yeah. got up. Yeah, whatever. Like Toodle pip to the uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. two little uh, <laughs> Sheila's and uh, yep. Bip bop, hibbity bop. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I didn't think I would be the nostalgic about that season, but like, it really does feel like it belongs to a purer time. <laughs> Watching it in. Or, or thinking about it in this context, though, it gives it an entirely different meaning. Like, we were upset that that man couldn't choose mm. and didn't choose and the whole thing had to be, you know, blunt and wooden and whatever. Mm. But at the end of the day, he, at the very least, had the gall to fulfill the promise of being the bachelor mm. In when it came time to send these women home. He did so. Yeah. And in many ways, that actually makes him the best bachelor we ever had because he remained a bachelor at the end of the show. That's Great true. Point. Yeah, it's an unbroken streak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is now the king of the bachelor. In many ways, he is still the bachelor. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <gasps> this bachelor never happened <laughs> until he finds love. Yeah, no yeah. one can actually be the next bachelor. Right, really explains what happened with Matt and Chelsea. Yes, oh, mm-hmm. true. It's, it's like a curse. Yeah, oh they're God. all pretenders. Yep, yep. Irene is the mummy too, but. The mummy one, mm. Nick the honey badger. <laughs> I'm gonna say she's the scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Um, Lockie tells Bella, "I fell in love with ya the first time I saw ya when I saw those big brown eyes." <laughs> I hate to say it, but Lockie is a bit like when you talk to an NPC over and over in a video game, and after a while, they just sort of start repeating the same things over and over. Again. Oh, his obsession with brown eyes. It's, yeah. it's very Van Morrison of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, actually, speaking of, uh, I really hope my parents never listen to this, but like, I found out that my dad's move with my mum uh, was to reword brown-eyed girl to blue-eyed wow. girl. <laughs> like, wow. that's the laziest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I really love this song, but it's just not quite right. Yeah. It doesn't quite fit. Yeah. Oh, what a piece of shit. Funny that he is so obsessed with the brown-eyed girl, but then at the end of it, he's like, na 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 He's changed his mind. <laughs> uh. 
his new thing is like doing anti-COVID. Like he's like, no, 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 masks. Like, have you ever? He's doing like yes, yeah. He's doing like there's no such thing as COVID music now. He's releasing an EP of like, yeah, this piece of shit has made like the the COVID doesn't exist. It's bad. He's picked it up from Bill Goldsmith. He's run with it. He tells Bella, I have fallen in love with two girls and I know you don't sort of see where your future is at the moment. I just, I think I need a little bit of certainty. I just don't know if I can see us working. This I language, hate it. Yeah, this language is very blamey. I hate Super it. Super blamey. And also like the sentiment really seems to come out of nowhere because like he didn't confront her about this when they were having the actual conversation. 100%. He sort of just like put it in his back pocket and he was like, oh, if I do have to end up dumping Bella... This will be what I say. And it hasn't been the narrative the whole time. Like, right. I, ca- I can't remember which bachelorette it was who was like, babies, marriage, babies must happen soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two to three years max. <laughs> you know, and yeah. like, and so anyone who wasn't able to be like, you know, like she's like, what do you, what do you see happening next year? Impregnating me? And they'd be like, oh, <laughs> you know, like he's just suddenly like, ah, yes, there is a timeline and, right. and you know, yeah, out of nothing. nowhere, this nowhere. matters more than anything. Yeah. This is the thing with, uh, this is the Ali Och in two to three years. And might I say it's two to three years later, she and Tate broken up. Mm. Well, well, well. Didn't want to give her babies right away. Instead wanted to start that new baby of his, the fitness first gym. Sweaty AF. <laughs> Sweaty AF. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, now that they've broken up because they were doing it together. Yeah. And now he's just like, Come on down, it's sweaty. Please, old girl, please. <laughs> it is like it's such a weird thing because, like, does the cookie monster blame the cookies? You know, do you know what I mean? Like, if you are ripping through a pack of chop chalk chip and loving each bicky sick, mm-hmm. you're not. It's not fair for you to turn around and blame one of the cookies for having a weird mouthfeel. <laughs> I do want to say, actually, the Cookie Monster did pivot late in life and become the Veggie Monster. Do you know about this? <laughs> no. Well, yeah, like responding to like USDA like food and drug standards or whatever. They were like, we think the Cookie Monster might be a bit of a bad influence for America's children. Oh, no. And so he became the Veggie Monster for a short spell where he was like, mmm, celery. Oh, God. <laughs> I met him a few years ago. C. You met who, sorry? The Cookie Monster. You did. Yeah. How'd that go? It was great. Is he was in real? the ABC. It is. It's truly real. And what I did is I went down to the IGA down the road and bought a pack of cookies to see what would happen. Uh, as you and do. laid them from the radio studio down to my desk. And he sure enough came and visited, gobbled up each and every one of those cookies. Oh, That's true. And the thing about it was that I didn't give the Cookie Monster any kind of arbitrary criteria um, based on the outcome of a recipe that I failed to provide, <laughs> which seems to be what has happened here for Lockie and Bella, where yeah. she's like unwittingly answering these questions that are going to be held against her later mm. for, without really knowing the significance of, of how or why. And I just think if you're going to be so foolish or careless with these women's emotions, then you deserve the portrayal that you get. Mm. Mm. And also like the way that she answered that question was not like, withholding information or was not like she's not cagey about it no and instead she was saying she was very clearly saying like i will be submissive i will like you are allowed to fucking drive this off-road vehicle you know i will be the passenger <laughs> the like road vehicle of life right yeah. well whatever it is that you want to do i am happy to do as long as we're together those are her actual words and yeah. it's like how can you hold that against somebody right especially and also her career is 
influencer. Yeah, her career is mm, strategic marketing or something. Cons- but literally, like, Consult- like she has a huge social media following. She had one going into the show. Mm. Her being able to do her job is not in any way dependent on where she is or what she is doing. Right. It's and, dependent on being able to have a camera. And mm. also, like, being in a relationship with The Bachelor, great business Pretty for good for great that. Busy. Yeah. yeah. What, what, is she, what, what does she influence? Like, is she fitness, travel? Uh, general health and wellness. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Products. So am I. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm generally healthy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Must be nice. <laughs> Um, Bella says this is it and Lockie starts to cry again this time Bella doesn't comfort him she says I don't get it yesterday you told me you were in love with me and he says I am in love with you then why not follow through with the relationship because I asked you in the pool what do you see our next year looking like and you were so I needed a little bit more and she says you can't turn this around on me my god and then there's a beat and she says can I leave I'm going and it's Pretty good, you know. Never liked her more. Me yeah. Too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly, what was cut from the show was her mocking him for having strength and honor written across his <gasps> chest. Oh, how could you cut that? Why I know, cut that? I know. Maybe they were like, mm, no, I, I can't, I can't work out. Why I can't they work did out why that yeah. would happen. Maybe either, they're like, but... we don't want to dig in too hard on him because he's played ball. Yeah, yeah, this is what she said in her radio interviews: is mm. that she she made fun of him for his tattoos and then for stringing her along and then cutting her at the end in such a merciless way. I mean, yeah. that, that fucking rules, honestly. Yeah. yeah, oh, she was great. She was like, she went so cold. Yeah, and yeah. like, oh, like like Abby did. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Where they're just like, well, fine. I'm not gonna cry for you in front of you. Mm. Fuck you. And I'm ya. not going to continue to like perform the actions and jump through the hoops that The Bachelor kind of requires you to. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Like... She will be remembered very well, I think, mainly for this moment, really. Well, and, and also it's... for those big brown eyes. <laughs> brown eyes. It's good, though, because like, cause her only other sort of moment of note was essentially having a feud with Irina and yeah. telling people about it too much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of redemption there for mm. her. Yeah. I think. Because, you know, Lockie fucking dogged the girls. Yes. And Bella is better off without him. Mm-hmm. Um, she does what my housemate Rosie described as an unfairly hot cry in the car home. <laughs> <laughs> and says, I just want to get out of here. And I think it's always a little bit weird when The Bachelor doesn't quite stick the landing on the final breakup. Because then you watch them have a happy ending and you're like, oh, great. Like, this prick gets the woman of his dreams. Like, it's like yeah. a little bit like on rewatch. I was like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but at least our Macedonian princess, Irina, seems very happy. Lockie says, every time I'm with you, I feel so safe and protected. Mm. Uh, it's kind of weird because I'm a pretty big dude. When I'm with you, I feel so calm. Oh, he must have said that twice. That can't yeah. be right. I know you're going to make a beautiful girlfriend, wife, mother, everything. My biggest fear is you're not going to be able to put yourself first or tell me no. I need my partner to have drive and ambition, and I think you're going to have that in spades. I can't wait to travel the world and make all your dreams come true. Irina, I'm so in love with you, and I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. They smooch and say I love you to each other. Lockie gives her a ring to, Ooh. quote, remind her of this crazy adventure. Can we talk about the ring real quick? Ugliest sure. thing I've ever seen. It Clearly was cursed. 
Yes. Yeah. Absolutely cursed. Yes. Can I say also that it is the same colour as both Bella's dress and the set dressing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which also lends credence to your hypothesis that maybe the producers didn't even fucking know which way this is I going. I wonder. Yeah. Like, I wonder if he threw them a curveball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love also... Because we have this thing, obviously, in Australian Bachelor where it's like a commitment ring or it's just like a ring to help remember this experience or whatever. And I'm just like, if there was a ring that I could put on that would make me forget the last six months of 2020, Mm -hmm. I would wear that every day until I died. Yeah. And I've been doing fine. I was sent a press release about the ring, like, quite a few days before um, the finale. Uh So, like... Like, do you want to like you have can a look at the ring. have a look at the bloody ring? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. like, so if they were going with Bella at that point, like mm. as the main sort of thing, that sort of fits in with it. Interesting. For sure. Yeah, yeah. But instead, it turns around, and not only does he have the like um, aesthetic preferences of a North Shore schoolboy, <laughs> he also seems to have the emotional level of responsibility of a North Shore schoolboy. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Awful, rough stuff. Awful. But you know, we look at him, and they've been together for I think two months now. I mean, two months in the pandemic, like they probably were stuck in the house, same That's house, a great point. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> literally together. Yeah. And also, I mean, obviously, like Bachelor forces you to uh, keep things on the down low. Mm. You know, um, if there's a breakup that happens swiftly afterwards, they will pretend it didn't happen for a long time. Mm. I don't really think they would have broken up yet, but I'm gonna be keeping my eye on it. Um, Watch out. <laughs> if I've got anything to say about it, <laughs> I've got my big brown eyes on you. Because <laughs> um, I don't, I don't see their chemistry at all. No, not really. Like, yeah. And it's partly just because they are both put into this position where Lockie is like the lead of a show yeah. and is doing what he can to keep it on track throughout a lot of obstacles and Irina is also sort of dutifully um, playing her role as the one who ends up winning, I think. You know, like, I, I think once they break out of having to play characters on television and are actual people, there's every chance that they will, you know, this happens a lot where, like, you get outside the show and you find out what the relationship's really going to be about. And, yeah. you know, the finale is just you're kind of um, agreeing to start having an actual relationship at this yeah. point or whatever. yeah. yeah. And a lot of it is, like, there's personality ascribed to Irina by the show through the way that they need the winner to come across. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily fault her. I think that she seems nice, and I think that that's maybe the most that you can say about just about any Bachelorette winner mm. over the years. That's the thing. I look at, like, the most successful couples from the history of this show, and I think about, like, maybe, like, Sam and Schnez. Yeah. Whatever, and I get maybe a little bit of a similar vibe from them, where it's like... I didn't necessarily see charisma like leaping off the screen during that season. Yeah, he just loved her big brown eyes. <laughs> that may have actually been the case. Maddie and uh... Maddie and Laura. Maddie and Laura. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Laura was like, she was also more sensible than than the show seemed to warrant. Yes. Yeah. yeah which also was Irina. Yeah. Interesting. So I mean, she made me uncomfortable to recap because, like, you know, like other people were like so larger than life and insane and right. you know, like yeah. like sort of super villains like poison ivy juliet sort of like, yeah. you know i'm like yes and then like irena i'm like you seem lovely yeah this is a human right. being trying you their seem best like a normal like, person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um you know on this show i think we try and 
ascribe that to everyone because on some level like everyone was a regular person before deciding to appear on the show or whatever yeah mm. um but you know their behavior makes us read things into them and that sort of thing and we end up looking at them a little bit differently I yeah think. and like normal people in and of itself was a pretty interesting show sure you know I think so mm. yeah yeah um uh stores poitagoras fighting irish you know, there's... Wow. I thought you were having a stroke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm. So that's it. You know, that's where we end it. And, um, yeah. you know, we'll keep our big brown eyes on it and see what happens. And, mm. um, yeah, that'll, that'll just about do us for the recaps. The recap from Lockie and Irina was basically like, yep, we're still together. Can't wait to go and be in nature. The end of this episode is so abrupt. Yeah. Like, the, the Bella Lucky thing consumes quite a lot more screen time than the Irina Lucky thing. Mm, yeah. And I think at the end of the episode, they're just like, let's get out of here before we fucking say anything before wrong. Before he says anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't even have the cute little, like, hey, now we can say we're both running girlfriend. You know, like, the, the, any of that sort of, like, yeah. post-wrap-up-y sort of, like, stuff. Yeah, you usually get at least the confessional from the two of them at the end being like, we're in love. Mm. I just, it was just missing from she didn't this. even have like a big speech for him nope which i don't know if maybe that's just more on paradise and we're just used to seeing that because that was more recent but yeah yeah i don't know yeah that's like i can't muster up much more enthusiasm for this finale or this season they're just like well it happened well, there's gonna be another one soon yeah weirdly we have a week off oh yeah what's with god. that I don't Thank know. God. What are you going to do with yourself, Patrick? Uh, I'm going to go on holidays, actually. Yes! <laughs> Hell yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally, I, like, I haven't been able to really take any time off for since Bachelor in Paradise started. Yep. Might so. I suggest the scenic Hunter Valley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. But also, I think they had to have a week off because they really scrambled with the Bachelorette. Mm, um, yeah. Because they asked um, that other person from Dancing in the Stars. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Shonda, Shonda Rhimes Shonda? or Shonda definitely Rhymes. Shonda. Yeah, Rhymes. Shonda Rhimes. She was like, yeah. "I'm sorry, I'm very busy." <laughs> yeah. um, and then she got stuck in LA. Um, mm. She couldn't get back here because of COVID. So oh then they, yeah. Then they scrambled and were like, "I guess we'll ask Ellie and her sister." Question yeah. mark. <laughs> I wonder about that as well. It's like, did they ask Ellie? And Ellie was like, "I'll do it if." Maybe like, or maybe they were just like. We don't know if there's enough. Yeah. Like, what yeah. have we seen work recently? Mm. And Bachelor New Zealand has just happened. Bachelorette New Zealand has right. just happened with Lily and... Question oh, mark. I watched it. I can't remember her name. Are they sisters? No. No, but they are two women. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm. Yeah. So in a way, they are sisters. <laughs> <laughs> the sisterhood. Mm. Mm. Um. Patrick, thank you for coming on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute delight. What a pleasure. So happy! Thank you so much for uh, for being here for entertaining all of the um, all of the toxic bile that um, has <laughs> spewed out of our TV screens. And um, I thought you were going to say out of us. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, there's also that. And, you yeah, know, yeah. into our keyboards, the whole bit. <laughs> you can find his recaps on junkie.com, but not for the next week because he's going on fucking holidays. Yeah. Wahoo! <laughs> find him on Instagram at Patrick Lennon. Find him on Twitter at Patrick Lennon. It's good stuff. Yeah. We're so happy to have you. Come back anytime. I will. I absolutely will. Yeah. Love to. And I don't know how we segue into it, but I did prepare a little something. Okay. Fabulous. I mean, I don't know. Okay, I feel like now is the perfect time for Should it. Should we do our little like, thank you for listening type of chat? Uh, Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, <laughs> listeners, we're doing it on the fly this week. Who knows? Yeah. Well, Xavier. Well,
Maxi. See, this is what we oh, do. Oh, we could do this pit later, you're right. No, no, but know. Patrick's in the room and it's nice mm. for him to see how the sausage is made. Absolutely. It's true. Mm-hmm. BTS. We yeah. made another perfect friend this week. Look at that. We made a friend and who knew that it was possible? Mm-hmm. But we keep adding them to the collection. Throwing them on the pile. Throw them on the Which Barbie. Which is good because we actually did come here to make friends. This is good stuff. And uh, if you want to be a friend of ours, you know what you got to do. You got to head down to the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting Facebook group. There's so much goss in there. There's so much slander. <laughs> I hope there's not too much slander. It's we mostly against me. That's fine. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, most of it's true. Yep. And um, it's worth saying. And The toxic know. file that I referenced earlier. Mm-hmm. It's all you about yours truly. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Um. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BOHpod. Um, I personally am on both of those profile services. What the fuck? Profile uh, <laughs> services! You can find me online at XavierN. It's my name. <laughs> I am uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at SoFilePurvis. And uh, the profile service you okay. get. Yeah. I did give you a look like I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. Look, listeners, here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear a brand new song that Xavier Rebetsky Noonan has created. We consulted extensively on the creation of uh, this uh, incredible jingle slash um, now full song. It is called Too Hot for Lucky. Listeners, for the last time for this Bachelor season, we love you. Goodbye! Goodbye! Welcome to Coriander It's a flavour profile he just can't stand Yeah From butter chicken to jalapeno No, 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 no Can he get a side of mayo? Don't be upset if you go home without a rose It probably goes to show you're too hot for lucky, yeah Too hot for lucky, yeah You'll never see him eat he even said home rosemary unknown He'll never listen to the red hot chili peppers By the way, that's fine with me Don't be upset Without a rose, it probably goes to show you're too hot for lucky, yeah. Too hot for lucky, yeah. Years from now, you're wearing wedding rings, you're getting chicken wings, you're with your child. Baby, you know better if you still not learned to order mild. Now that you've won, your new life's begun. Different from before you were on the show. In your new life, when you're lucky.
he's wife. There are just some things we think you should know. There'll be no more Peppa Pig, no some like it hot, no more sex on fire or Billy Joel. You can still listen to Katy Perry. Only half of hot and cold. <laughs> <laughs> you dingus. Sorry. Yay. <laughs> That's very good. Very fun stuff.